It's my podcast. Change, change, change. Of course we're talking about change. Of course. Why not? So, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth, too. Here's my podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I hope that you are doing well. It is Monday at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I hope you guys have been doing well. And listen, can I just tell you? Um, well, let me just tell you who I am first. I'm Andre. I am both the host and the founder of BSTL. So let me tell you why I'm excited, right? So one of the things that we've been doing recently, every week, just to give you a sense of where we're going and how things are going, can I tell you, uh, BSTL is now in India. Like, this is incredible. Like, somebody out there in India, and I don't know how many people yet, but there's somebody out in India that has logged in uh, to our podcast, and they are enjoying and feeling what's going on here. And so welcome, India. Like, this is incredible. Maybe I got to learn a new language. I'm not sure, but I really am excited about all of this. So anyways, it is Monday, 7 o'clock p.m., and you're either at home or you're on the drive home or whatever, because most of you guys have been watching this or listening to this, rather. Um, You've been doing this through your uh, mobile devices, so I know that you're walking around and listening to this thing while it is happening. So anyways, welcome to you all, and here's the conversation we want to get into today. Uh, I've entitled it, Look Around the Room, Look Around the Room. So let me start off here. Uh, Many years ago, I had an opportunity uh, to go on a trip. Uh, It was a mission trip to uh, a country uh, named Tanzania, one of the best trips I've ever been on. I mean, there were some highs and lows to the trip, but I, I have to be honest with you. It was really like cool to be able to go to the motherland. Um, There were a few countries that I got to pass through um, on the way there. And it was just fun, like to just get out of North America and see what the world looks like through the lens of other people. It was just incredible. So let me fast forward to the thing that matters, right? So what happens is, is that on one of the nights before it's time to come back after this uh, very successful trip, Um, I ended up going to see a little bit of the nightlife. So don't get nervous. I was a pastor at that time, um, and the nightlife was interesting. It's not like the club like over here. It's just like people go out for food, um, fellowship. People get all decked out, and literally all they're doing is standing around in this space, and it's just like incredible. So my eyes are like directed towards this thing that I've never seen before uh, in terms of the machine. Um, but what I come to find out later on is that this machine is a sugarcane press, right? So in Canada, uh, there is no real reason to have a sugarcane press because really we don't grow it here. So that's why I didn't see it. So now that I know about it, I want to tell you a little bit something about it. So as I'm there, um, the guy that takes me to this uh, place to see the nightlife and see what happens once the sun sets, he tells me, you've got to have this thing. So um, we, we go over to this sugarcane press. There's a guy that that's all he's doing. He's just churning out uh, this thing. And it's not even plugged in. So it's like manual. You've got to put the sugarcane uh, through this press and, uh, you know, it, it spins it through. And what he does is as it goes through the first couple of times, then he's got to twist it and bend it uh, to get the right pressure on it as it's going through. And then after a while, uh, he just throws it off to the side. 
And when I'm looking at him, I'm like, oh, my goodness, how many times are you going to run this thing through this sugarcane press? Have you gotten everything out of it? Like, it's finished here. So anyways, having had that experience, I was thinking about how would I want to start this conversation with us today? Because really, I'm looking at this guy, and he's learned how to maximize getting the most out of this sugarcane. But I think some of it is a little bit of overkill, right? So this idea around looking around the room today in terms of what we want to talk about, it's connected to the same thing uh, in principle. So here's what happens, right? You're, you're sitting in the room with a bunch of leaders, and you guys have some things that you'd like to do. You have some things in mind that you'd like to accomplish. All right, fine. That's cool. Um, the, the, the challenge is, is that as you've now decided, here's what we're going to do. Here's the way forward. Here's what we need to accomplish. As you're looking around the room, you realize that, hey, um, we want to get some stuff done, but perhaps at this point, in where we are as an organization, we don't have the gifts and the abilities and the expertise in the room, so what are we going to do? So let me just tell you what we often do uh, within the organization. Uh, so because you now have to pivot and do this thing because you realize that this gap that you've now identified, somebody's got to fill it, here's what usually happens. We look around the room at first and we say to ourselves, well, um, since we need to accomplish this, and here's what we have in mind, one of the things that we've got to do, and it's a must-have, is we've got to fill that spot immediately. So here's generally what happens. Aside from the resume, aside from the conversation, aside from some of the feelers that we put out there, what happens almost immediately is we turn and we pivot towards an individual who has proven that no matter what we do or what we throw at them, they're going to be able to do this thing. So now here's the challenge, though. The challenge is, is that because we generally take the brightest and the best, and I put that in uh, parentheses, and of course, that is tongue-in-cheek as well, we, we normally now are beginning to move or shift that person away from what they are already doing well to now uh, putting them or taking them on an adventure that we know that they'll be successful, but at what cost? So let me explain to you what I mean when I say at what cost. So what happens then is, is that because you now have somebody who is successful, who's been doing well, maybe they're becoming a little bit bored of what it is that they're doing currently. They're happy uh, to jump at the new thing. Uh, you already know because you've thrown everything at them, including the kitchen sink, that more than likely they're going to uh, figure it out. But here's what happens every now and then. Even though they're going to figure it out, it doesn't mean that after they have gotten their legs beneath them, that this is going to be the thing that they would like to do. So now here's what you run the risk of doing. You now have taken somebody who is successful. They are doing extremely well in an area of your organization um, that you need, that is required, that uh, you're still going to need regardless of whether or not you shift them over to the left or up or down. And the reality is you've now moved them out of something that they are excelling at for the purpose of the unknown because you are desiring to fix this new challenge, this new opportunity as soon as possible. 
So maybe six years, not six years, but six months to a year later, this person that you have now moved out of that capacity, now that they have come to understand what it, what it is that is required of them, they've now pretty much gotten that thing up and going. Here's the challenge. They are no longer as effective and motivated because even though they have been able to set this thing up well, it's not necessarily what they wanted to do. Now, let me also say another thing if you don't mind. The other challenge to this as well is because you've now taken this leader away from a team that depended on them, that was doing extremely well, um, and that was really the thing that they did best, the team that, they've, that you've removed them from, they are no longer doing as well because that piece that you've now taken out of the puzzle and placed somewhere else, while they may have gotten that other thing up and going, you've now created another gap. Now, can I just say this? That's a tough place to be in leadership because now what are you going to do? Are you going to go back and uh, ask this person that you've now taken out of that department to go back to what they were doing before? And what if they say no? What if they don't want to go back there? And what if they now um, no longer are happy and motivated to doing this new thing because they realize that while I may have set this thing up because they just don't fail at anything that they do, it's not necessarily where they want to be. So maybe this is kind of where I'm talking about this, or at least this perspective from, is that when we look around the room as leaders, I think it's okay that we don't always begin to move people around and shift people around just because we have a new need. I, I think that the, the, the challenge is, is that if we move people around uh, to make sure that they absorb this new need that we have within the organization, we may actually be creating a dual gap because now we've got to figure out how do we fill the spot that was working well, as well as how do we now take this person that is no longer motivated in the new thing that they are doing, what do we do with them? Because remember, they were happy before, they were productive before, they motivated before, but now they've become quiet and a little bit withdrawn because they realize they jumped too quickly at the carrot that we put in front of the horse. And then this reminds me, years ago, I was working in a different space, and one of the leaders, I mean, this uh, woman was incredible at everything she do did. Um, she was uh, dependable. Uh, she was consistent. She was a self-start. I mean, she was everything, right? I'm not trying to make her perfect, um, but she was close to being perfect. And we had some decisions to make within the leadership team, and we decided to ask her to do something um, that we felt as though she was ready to do. Now, the thing is, she was re reluctant. Um, and here's the other thing that I learned many years ago, that sometimes people will say yes uh, to, to you as the leader because of your positional authority. And when I say authority, it's not that you reign over them, but sometimes nobody wants to say no to the leader because if you say no once, uh, they may believe that if another opportunity comes up, you may not ask them again because they've already said no once. So the thing is, she says yes, and she now begins to transition herself 
out of this thing that she does really well. I mean, she was excellent at this thing. So she now pivots and she moves because there's a new need that has been created by the organization as it's beginning to, to grow and thrive. And she begins to go into that space because she's got a lot of um, overlapping skills, a lot of transferable skills. So to me, I'm like, whoa, this is easy. We don't have to look outside. We don't have to find somebody else. What we are looking for, it's right here and it's right here in the room. So here's what ends up happening. She transitions into this uh, new position, and can I just tell you, she flops. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about somebody that was doing an incredible job, um, like absolutely incredible, but she flops. And the thing is, I have to take some personal responsibility for this, right, in order for me to be transparent with you. I don't think that it's that she flopped. I think I flopped her as her leader. Now, let me explain to you why. The reservations that she had in transitioning into this new assignment, I should have picked up on that sooner, right? So the thing about leadership is sometimes you do your best learning, not in real time, but it often happens when things are now in the rear view. So basically what ends up happening is I should have taken her no as a no the first go around. Um, because she was a little bit more mature and been uh, in, in, in this area of the business for such a long time that really when she said no, I should have just taken that. But you know what? I pushed a little bit harder. And because of the, the relationship that we had, she said yes, I think more so because she wanted to help me because I had uh, given her an overall picture of why I thought she would be a big fit or a good fit for this new assignment, and the reality is she failed because I think that I failed her. So let's come back to this idea of looking around the room. One of the things that we often don't love when we look around as leaders is knowing that we are missing some key pieces and some key ingredients that are in the room. Like the reality is when we decide that we need to make some new changes and pivot and do some things that are a little bit different, the reality is no one wants to admit that you're going to have to delay some of the change management that is required to move the organization further ahead because you don't have those pieces in the room. But what I've come to understand is that it's okay to identify that you do have a gap. And rather than transitioning individuals who are motivated and thriving in other areas, maybe this is a good time for us to find somebody new, whether they're from a different department or from another organization or wherever they come from, it's going to be okay to bring somebody else that's new into the room. Because here's the thing, when they arrive and they get into the room, not only are they bringing a new vast amount of experience and information and data that they have in their minds and maybe even best business practices uh, that we have yet to implement in our current context, the reality is, is that by them coming, they now add to a team that we should constantly be developing and growing. And maybe this is part of the reason why some organizations, they will never thrive. Um, because once they have specific pieces that are in the room, they become comfortable and complacent and then decide that we don't need to find anybody because everything that we've got, we've got it right now. Now, here's the challenge. The challenge is that if you are a part of an organization that is growing and developing and thriving, 
The reality is you need to constantly be evaluating the room. You've got to see what you have in the room because even though this group of individuals may be thriving and doing well, uh, you know, 10 years ago or even right now, in 15 years, as they begin to age and think about other things that they would like to do, the room has to change. And here's the thing. We're not changing the mission and the vision and the core values and the objectives of what the organization is, what we are changing is the individuals who sit in specific seats because the reality is you may have a, a, a vision, a dream for what your team will look like, what the organization will be and, and is becoming, but the reality is no one person or group of individuals are going to carry you all the way through this vision. And how do I know that? Well, if your vision is something that you're going to be able to accomplish in a very short period of time, then you're not really challenging yourself. You may be going with good, um, but you're really leaning on the area of safe. And here's the thing. You don't want to be safe with what you're doing. You want to have big, extraordinary plans that are almost unattainable so that you have this continuum that consistently happens where you've got pieces that are coming in and out of the room constantly that are helping to buffer and reinforce the overall big picture to ensure that you never arrive somewhere and think that you have ultimately arrived there. So maybe here's what I'm also saying to us. As leaders, when we look around the room, don't just fill spots based on those that are in the room. Don't just bring people into the room, but you also have to be thinking future simultaneously. And we did talk a little bit about this in another podcast, so I want to reinforce it because we're back at it again. Like the reality is you want to be able to say that I'm developing a team that has a current relevance for right now, but I'm also aware of what it is that I need to do and what will need to happen in the near future or far near future to ensure that we don't have any hiccups or have any um, uh, lag or, or layover to where we lose some of the momentum that we're trying to develop because every single time we arrive at a space where we don't have those pieces in the room, we have to stop and pause what we're doing until that new person comes into the room. So one of the things that I've now discovered is we have to be very careful also that we don't burn those out that are high functioning in the room for the sake of a temporary gain that creates a long-term loss. Like we honestly have to treat people, um, you know, the human resources, like they, were, they are absolutely um, not expendable or expendable, something like that. You know what I mean? We've got to treat people in such a way that we don't burn them out just because the vision that we have is going to cause us to use individuals at the cost of their own personal decline. Now, this one's not going to be a long podcast because I, I, I think I've almost said all that I want to say. Because when we are now looking around the room, we ought not be frustrated. And I think part of the reason why we are quick to fill the spot and not patiently deliberate it and work through it as leaders is because we're so uh, concerned with the, the immediate failure that we forget what our um, goal is long term. 
And that's why, you know, uh, in terms of how I've been leading over the last several years, I have always got two horses that are in the race every single time. I've got the current horse and I've got the, the, the future horse. And both of these horses are racing against one another simultaneously because when the current horse runs out of steam, the other horse is already in the race. So there should not necessarily be a um, a, a, a hiccup in the process because you constantly are thinking both now and later. So let me go back to where I started uh, with this sugarcane guy who's like squeezing everything out of this sugarcane before he throws it into the pile. As leaders, we have to guard against that. Really what I'm saying is, yeah, squeeze. Get what you can out of those that are working with you. And I say that part with um, a lot of a gentleness behind it. I'm not talking about using people. I'm not talking about using people uh, to get all that you have and then discarding them. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. You're putting pressure on people and you're squeezing the best out of them because you want them to do well. That is the absolute primary thing. And I've also said this in previous podcasts as well. When you put pressure on people and you put the squeeze on them, if by the time you have given them all of the expertise uh, that they now have developed and they realize that they've outgrown your organization, then let them go with the blessing if they decide to leave. And don't be mad and don't be saying to yourself, well, I showed them everything that they have and they owe me their lives. The truth is nobody in a business or leadership um, context owes you their entire life. They may owe you a season of life as they are um, doing this mutual beneficial thing in that you are teaching them and mentoring them and pouring into them. And in exchange um, for that, they are pouring back into the organization. But if they leave, that's okay. But my point in this podcast is this, that as we are squeezing the best out of people, let's not squeeze so much that we we actually jeopardize what it is that we are trying to do because they are burnt out, feeling unappreciated, feeling used because we wanted to get down another road and we just didn't see that we had the pieces right away. As leaders, don't be afraid to go outside of the room. Go outside of the room and find somebody else. Find somebody else that truly may fit the piece of the puzzle that you're trying to put together because guess what? When they come on the team along with everybody else that is in the room, it now becomes much more complementary. And here's the thing. When you bring those individuals into the room, you're going to realize this. Your room is still going to be incomplete because at every juncture, at every lap, Every um, station that you pull over to, you're going to realize that you don't have it all. And because you don't have it all, in your mind as a leader, you've got to leave room for other people to come into the room because there will always be some somebody that has something to add that you do not have. Yeah, that's our conversation for today. Look around the room. And don't be afraid to bring somebody new into the room, which may change the group dynamics, but ultimately it pushes the organization forward. So I forgot to say it at the beginning, but I'm going to say it now. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and to share. And if you want to have a conversation with me about this, it's bstlinc21 at gmail.com. 
And I'm so glad that you hung out throughout this entire discussion because what we want to make sure we're not doing is looking around the room and forcing somebody to become something that they are not because we have an immediate need that we don't see in the room. Look outside. I promise you, there's somebody that's waiting to become a part of your organization that is going to add to the great team that you already have in the room. Take care. Until next time, my name's Andre, both host and founder of BSTL. Take care. Hi, everybody. This is the recap. I hope you enjoyed another wonderful podcast episode. Number one, remember to assess your organization that is growing, developing, and thriving. You must continually evaluate the room to see what you have in the room. This will reveal any gaps you may have within your organization. Number two, be careful when transitioning individuals who are currently motivated and thriving in a specific area. It is better to find someone new from a different department or maybe even a different organization that may also bring a wealth of new ideas, experience, and information to add to the organization. Number three, be careful to not burn out those that are high-functioning in the room for the sake of temporary gain, as this may create long-term loss and personal decline and motivation within your team. Last but not least, if a member of your team realizes that they have outgrown your organization, allow them to leave, but make sure that you don't send them off without your blessing. Thanks for listening again, and we'll see you all next week.